Hey everyone, we are back for another week of exciting rehearsals. This week we've talked with some of our hosts about their behind the scenes participation in the Rose Parade. We all know I love a parade. <laughs> we also find out what made Jack say. I do have to say that morning wearing a kilt um, in that, <laughs> that, morning, that morning temperature. I mean, it is something uh, that uh, was an interesting experience to say the least. And why Beth said. Just saying, that's exactly what we do. <laughs> um, so, you know, feel free to message uh, on a water break and I'll get you all of those details. All this and more. So get out of the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Made off the mat and go. Welcome to On a Water Break. The podcast where we talk everything marching arts. Everyone, bring it in. It's time for a water break. Welcome to another episode of season two of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. The Rose Parade was just a few short weeks ago, and we are lucky enough to have three of our hosts in attendance of the parade. But even better, they were all there for different reasons, and they had wildly different experiences. But I'll let you t them tell you that themselves okay so let's see who's on the sideline this week we have stephanie hello how are you i'm good i'm so excited that you keep coming back more and more regularly <laughs> i love it i love it i'm like a bad penny i keep showing up <laughs> <laughs> but you're lucky that's the the, the catch there yes that's right and we have beth hello i'm just like a featured guest host occasionally when i can pop in <laughs> but hey here i am we it's love having segment. you when Thank we get you. to have you, though. <laughs> Thank you. And our newest host, it's Jack Gordreau. Hi. Hey. I'm in from the West Coast, so uh, a, few hours, uh, a few hours behind. But uh, it's good to see all my friends on the East Coast. I'm excited to talk about Rose Parade today. What an awesome experience. Well, okay. So you have been on before, and we, we kind of were discussing this beforehand, but I don't think we got to do your 32 count life story, did we? No, I don't think so. No. So before we dive into all of this, uh, all of this Rose Parade goodness, let's go ahead and do that. So what's going to happen is you're going to hear eight off the Met, and then you have 32 counts to pack your entire life story, which is about 30 seconds. You just pack your entire life story in there. Tell us everything that has ever happened to you from birth until today. All right. All right. Let's get this going. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. All right. So um, basically, I'm from Northern California. I grew up in the Central Valley, Stockton, California. Um, went to high school at Lincoln High School, where I jumped into the marching arts as a parade drum major. Um, from after high school, I won the state championship uh, my senior year and then took the same skill set that I had and then jumped immediately into in instructing where I helped build some of the top Northern California parade groups uh, for drum majoring. And now I'm currently competing in the Scottish circuit for uh, pipe band drum majors. I'm the current national champion as well, too. How many more seconds do we got on that? <laughs> hey, that's, oh, that's it right there. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> nice job. So how many programs have you worked with now? 
So as of right now in Northern California, I have more than like 10 programs that I work with, um, each with roughly 10 to 15 students each. So it's kind of a monster, uh, kind of a monster uh, drum major movement we have going on in Northern California right now. And I'm excited to be, help be a catalyst for that. I mean, the students are the ones who are really pushing it, but it's nice to help, help give them the toolkit to really succeed and be, uh, be successful student leaders at, at a high school level. So yeah. It's really fun. So can you kind of describe a little bit more what exactly it is you do? Because some of our listeners may have right. never heard of this before or, or like they're just completely new. Some of them are even new to marching band. So Absolutely. there's that. So the Western Coast style of marching band, you're either a field show band or you're a parade band. And parade band, it's based off of a military style uh, parade um, uh, parade group. So basically uh, you have uh, uh you have different blocks uh, marching uh, to uh, military marches. Um, and the drum major up front is largely responsible for leading the band from the beginning of the parade all the way to the end or the, the parade zone, which is 450 feet. And there's a salute line roughly uh, 250 feet in. So they are supposed to get the band from point A to point B and salute to the, to the uh, judges. And that's basically their main duty. But it's evolved over time um, to include lots of flourishing and whatnot to lead um, – just not only uh, to not only be a part of the showmanship display of the of the band, but to also um, also compete um, in individualized contests as well, too, specifically for the drum major. So we have drum major judges who are part of the um, the uh, parade uh, adjudication team. So they are a placed as well, too. So it's a really fun, competitive and artistic uh, element to the sport. And it's based on that foundation of the military style parade band. So that's just sort of a, a, a one all be all of, of what West Coast um parade bands look like so so you are specifically going in and training the drum majors of these groups then yes exactly yeah um in leadership as our foundation and then that branches off into flourishing we always say leadership is 90 percent of the activity then the other 10 percent, the frosting on the top of the cake is the flourishing aspect even though we spend hours upon hours perfecting our art form it's really really a focus on being the best leader that you can and i i find actually the best Flourishing drum majors are the ones that have that solid understanding of leadership and a solid understanding of what they want to do with their program and take that group to the next level. Because that's I that's love- how that's how legacies are built in uh, in our style of uh, a parade uh, parade band here in the West Coast. So it's awesome. I- it's really fun to be that catalyst and help others learn to be a catalyst for their group. I love that analogy of it being the frosting on the cake because that's really like like you can have a a, a really nice looking cake with beautiful frosting and then cut into it and it'd be dry and crumbly and nasty on the inside. Yeah. Experience. But if you have a nice cake with a solid, like, you know, I've been baking all morning. So. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You see where, you see where that, uh, that, that obsession is coming from. Yeah. But yes, I completely agree. Having that foundation of excellence and leadership is really a platform that is necessary to become a successful flourisher because it makes you a regimented person and it gets you focused on how you want to, be better for your band is and that eventually bleeds into how you look in a flourishing competition as well too i'm really excited to kind of be showing a different side of the band great job everyone set your equipment down gush and go all right let's get to our gush and goes stephanie let's start off with you well i'm in texas and the whole state has just stopped we are uh, freezing (laughs) weather so um so all of uh, all of my friends trying to do their indoor rehearsals for guard or winds or drumline, what have you, um, literally the world has has stopped. We set a record low temperature in Houston today um, of eighteen degrees. So we were out wow. of school. 
Not because of snow or precipitation. We were out of school because it's cold. So different from the West Coast. So different. Yes. <laughs> so different. But so we're back. We're going to try it again tomorrow. But um, literally, we are we are all frozen in. So check on your Texas friends. Yeah, I'll go next. That's Beth. And yeah, <laughs> Stephanie, God bless you. I know. And I'm in the Northeast and I'm used to to it quote unquote uh-huh. and and we're all miserable it's okay yeah you know no, you don't get used to it really um <laughs> yeah but anyway so yeah we're, we're we got our first significant snowfall in like in a few years so we were pretty excited and schools are closed so kids are super excited they actually yes. have an actual snow day not a virtual snow day so right but um i don't know i think i'm just excited for the new year you know we had that big trip to the turnaround roses parade which we'll talk about i'm sure but um, in the, you know, I work for peak group travel and we do performance tours for bands and choirs and orchestras and marching bands. And I'm excited because we have a lot of groups that are looking to do some big parades, both domestic and international in terms of new year's day parade in London, St. Patrick's day parade in Dublin. So we've got some, uh, I'm excited to see where some of these bands go and, uh, how they represent the United States overseas and in some big events so stay tuned i had just actually you mentioned international travel i knew, i just heard that my uh my alma mater is going to the saint patrick's day parade in dublin i'm not sure this year or next year but i just heard about it and i was like what that's so yeah, exciting it's a thing um, how I mean, do i get on board uh, with that can we do well, an alumni band out there too <laughs> uh um you call me and i will set okay. up an alumni tour that would accompany the band to Ireland. Just saying, that's exactly <laughs> what we do. <laughs> um, so, you know, feel free to message uh, on a water break and I'll get you all of those details. <laughs> okay, Jack, so you kind of see how we do our gush and goes. What would you like to gush and go on about today? So one of the things that I'd like to gush and go on, first off, the temperature is a balmy 60 degrees here on the in, uh, in the Bay Area. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, lovely weather report today. Um, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to see how we're gonna um, how we're gonna take on the winter season here. Um, and uh, one of the things that I'm really excited to gush about is specifically the uh, specifically the winter season that we have uh, prepped. So I'm currently uh, about ready to jump into rehearsals for our Northern California drum majors um, who are going to be competing in L Pattern, which is an individualized band competition where drum majors march and show off their flourishing skills in a very and I guess this, the parallel would be winter, um, winter color guard. Um, so they're given 150 feet by 70 feet to compete um, in this competition format. So we're building routines right now and really getting ready for that winter, uh, that winter competition because it gets really, really competitive in the upper division. So um, that's what I've really been focused on here. So I'm really excited about that. It's going to be so awesome, Jack. I... Yeah, I can't wait to, for you to uh, teach us all of your ways here with this with this drum major stuff because like it's I know. So, it's, it's so a, different from what we do. It mm-hmm. is. It's so interesting. It's its own little bubble for sure. It's like a. Uh, it's so funny, like trying to explain it because it's such. Uh, it's it's grown into such a regional thing, um, and you know. I, I just got back from judges training um, in Southern California, where with my Southern California counterparts, and we're we're beginning to look on how we can include more drum majors in uh, in around the the globe. Uh, we've been talking to I don't know if you've uh, heard of uh, Drum Major Leadership Academy uh, DMLA. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, we're having lots of conversations to really make sure that um, everyone's included in our art form and that we can really solidify uh, what 
we can really solidify the drum major art form on a national level. So it's exciting to begin to bring in more voices into the conversation because our goal as drum majors is we want to include everyone, everyone as much as possible. That's like goosebumpy time. I, I love know. that. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's yeah, the good Josh, stuff. Josh Hetch, right? Yeah, he's an awesome, 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 awesome uh, person. And we're super excited to be collaborating with them. So fingers crossed, some exciting, uh, exciting moments in the near future. See, we're on the best episode ever. We get all the inside <laughs> scoop. I love it. And the the like preview of things to come. Right. We're at the like the cusp of drum majoring, like exploding from the West Coast to the East. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, really exciting, really exciting, especially for conductors, too, because I'm really excited to see how that that art form is going to evolve once we integrate across the United States and seeing different perspectives brought together in a competition format. I mean, I, I love that concept because we're going to see firsthand what the future of our art form is going to look like and you know how how integrated it's going to be across it's it's really exciting that's so cool um i i want to gush about something like i i think i may have started gushing about this a couple weeks ago as well but uh the uh if you if you haven't heard the spintronics group is putting together a an alumni guard for the Buck Nelson Parade for the Buck Nelson Festival, which is here in Mountain View, Missouri. And I'm really excited about this. I just want to gush because we have had people like messaging and registering and I I really want to have a big group. So I'm very excited for people to be coming on. It doesn't cost anything for people to join in with us. We're going to be spinning an easy routine in the parade with light up flagpoles and it's the day of the eclipse. Yeah, and we're gonna we're like awesome. in the path of the eclipse. So you're gonna come here, like the people are coming here, watch the eclipse, and then after that, like that afternoon is the, the into the evening is the parade, and it's like dark out. So we're gonna have our light up poles and be spinning these poles. And the pole, the flags are gorgeous. If you haven't seen them, check out my social media at Spintronics Guard. They have a giant um a giant eclipse picture on them, and they're made by Showday Designs. And you need to have eclipse the winter guard be the special guest in the parade march with you (laughs) they're invited everyone's invited i I call it an alumni guard but it's like it's not just spintronics alumni it's literally anybody who's been in guard and it's kind of cool because our local school here um there was a point in time when i was super in touch with several alumni in the local school when i was a student and uh now that like I, I haven't had touch with them for a long time and now they're some of them are even coming back and being like hey I've not been involved with Spintronics because I like live 10 hours away or whatever but can I come and do the parade like I was literally went to high school there and was in the garden I'm like yes please so we have some like alumni who are in like their 50s and their 60s who are going to come back and spin with us in this parade so it's amazing and then we have like some uh- some really recent alumni too our joints do still work in the fifties. I just, I just wanted yeah. to throw that out there. <laughs> throw that out there. <laughs> I believe you. However, <laughs> I mean, I you don't want me spinning anything, but <laughs> hey, it's called gush and go, not gush and stay. Let's go. Okay, everyone, get the glue, get the rose petals, and dried beans. We need to get <laughs> this banner decorated for the parade. We'll be right back with everybody's stories of the Rose Parade.
Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Okay, now that we have the parade formation figured out, let's talk Rose Parade. Who wants to jump in first? Well, <clears throat> this is Beth, and I think I will jump in first because this was my, not my first time, but my second time with a group at the Tournament of Roses Parade, uh, which is what they like to call it, the TOR, if you will. And it it didn't disappoint. Again, um, fortunately, with my company, with Beak, we were able to... Um, coordinate a friends family alumni tour for one of the participating bands. So Westchester University was a band that participated in the parade and did the distinction of being the first division two school from Pennsylvania to represent the state in the parade, which was a pretty big deal. Um, but we coordinated the trip for their friends, family, alumni, anybody that wanted to see um, what, what Westchester did. And Westchester also was a groundbreaking performance this year because they actually created what they described it as a moving, a marching float. So they took the concept of the Tournament of Roses in terms of the all natural products that all of the floats use in the Tournament of Roses parade. And then uh, they created their, their front banner as well as some other moving float parts out of all natural products. So like the, the seal of the university, the official seal was all done in purple status and, and rice. And um, they, they had these boxes and they had a huge, these huge banner flags that had this, I think there were 20 or 30 of them that, that, that had scenes from the Delaware Valley, which is where Westchester is. And it had Valley Forge and the love statue and the Rocky statue. And they played the theme for Rocky and they were the first band ever in the 135 years of the parade to actually take the all natural product concept and apply it to the band. So it was, it was groundbreaking and it was super, um, it was super exciting to see that as it, as it came down the street and to have, we had 320 friends, family alumni there to support the band in the stands. And it was right after TV turn. And if you know anything about the parade, there's this big 110 degree <laughs> yeah. turn that they have to take. Right. And we were just after the turn. So we got to see the band in full, once they've completed the turn, you know, as they their first completion uh, down the street, it was remarkable. Um, it was I was very fortunate, even though we had to be there at oh dark thirty, so that you could be in the stands at the right time because you can't get there too late. Mm -hmm. and the, you know, it is televised, right, Stephanie? I mean, you know, you got to yes. be there, you know, and you know you're going to be on TV, or at least you, you think <laughs> you might be anyway, right? Um, you know, but it was it was super cool um, to be a part of that. The, there was a lot of planning over a year's worth of planning goes into getting a band 
down Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena. And there were bands there from Costa Rica. There was bands from Hawaii, Japan, the Marine Band, local bands, uh, the two participating schools in the Rose the Rose Bowl, the football game, which I know we're in band, but there was a football game that happened that day too. What? And those two schools happened to be there too, Michigan and Alabama. And <laughs> if you're a Penn State fan like me, it was hard to root for either one of them. But, uh, but their bands were also in the parade. <laughs> and of course, all of the the beautiful, elaborate floats. It is extraordinary what people can do with rice and beans and flowers and status and moss and, you know, anything that's natural and, and actually turn it into works of art, moving works of art. And that's what they really are. And, and it just, I, I don't know, it just blows my mind, but, you know, and of course we had a lot of organization. I, I was frankly a little tired at the tournament of roses by the time I sat my keister in yeah. the sand to watch the parade, but mm-hmm. But you forget all of that as soon as the parade starts, you know, and Audrey McDonald was the grand marshal. And, you know, the theme, the theme of this year's parade was a world of music, celebrating a world of music, the universal language. And to think that music was the theme made it just a little bit sweeter for those of us that are in the marching arts, you know, knowing that that was the focus of this year's parade anyway. Um, and, and, you know, too, especially when you plan something like that for a group, you know, that every person in that parade also did all of that planning too. Right. You know, to, to, they were selling candy bars and wrapping paper and popcorn and anything they could in order to get the money they needed to march down, down Colorado Boulevard that day. And, you know, they didn't come from just around the corner, you know, coming from Japan and Costa Rica was a huge endeavor for a lot of them. So um, it wasn't lost on the crowd. And I, I would be lying if, if I said, my eyes were dry when Westchester came down the street. There was a bit of a tear, a bit of sense of pride, having been a drum major myself in that unit. But to see them make that kind of history with 360 people. And they had alumni uh, march in the parade, too, because of those extra elements that they had. They actually recruited some alumni to march in the parade. What was their show? What was their production like? Like you keep talking about the like the extra elements and stuff. Like what exactly were they doing? Well, what they were, they had these boxes that had Westchester WCU on one side right. and the and the iconic love statue that 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 font of the L O V E. Those were done in, in rose petals and, and corn. They had a banner of Independence Hall that they made out of corn and rice and beans and, and so were they I just mean, they like designed they were these moving and they had them on dollies. So they had to like push them down oh. the road. They were actually moving floats. They were mini, like mini floats, if you will. Okay. That each, you know, each of these people got to push, you know, down the, down the street. That's and, like a whole other dimension. Did uh, Stephanie yeah. did, or Jack, did you guys like see it? Did you get to see what? what oh yeah. Doing? Absolutely. We, yeah. I marched in, uh, in uh, front of the uh, pipes on parade, uh, the mass pipes and drums. So, uh, one of the reasons why I loved this year's Rose Parade theme so much is because it really brought together an international um, group of performers. And really, we got to see sort of a broad paintbrush of what everything looks like from around the world in regards to music. And I thought that was the best the best part. And going back to what you were saying, Beth, about the um, about the, uh, the floats, I feel like the floats really helped embody that. And it was crazy. So when we um, halfway through our... Um, halfway through our rehearsals, we had the opportunity to go backstage and see 
the actual floats and seeing everyone work the meticulous detail, such as placing a bean in a certain orientation so that the white dot on the front of it doesn't show, like, and doing that thousands of times to cover yeah. uh, like a 20 foot long, yeah. uh, 20 foot long uh, float. That, I mean, that's such an amazing, um, amazing, how do you describe it? Uh, sense of, uh, of detail that like hundreds of people every year, they always come back to do this. And I think that's what some of the magic of the Rose Parade. Um, the reason why, another reason why the Rose Parade was really magical for me going back to the main theme of, of the parade was the fact that our, um, our group, the, uh, pipes on parade brought in performers from around the globe. So individuals mm-hmm. from Australia Northern Ireland, um, uh, the rest of the UK, um, and then all even uh, even pipers and drummers from around the United States to be a part of this group. Um, we really got to um, really we got to unify uh, from around the world, and I thought that was probably the coolest thing. Oh, we also had a lot of pipers from Canada as well too. Don't want to don't want to leave those guys out. It's <laughs> 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 off right now too. If it's cold in the U.S., probably cold up there too. I would probably. imagine. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, being able to meet people. Um, from the international stage again was probably the golden takeaway for me. And I all, I'll always remember sort of, we, so we were 10th in line um, in, in regards to the order of the parade. And I remember marching around that corner. I mean, that corner is a little bit dicey sometimes because of that angle, but um, yeah. yeah, we, um, we as drum majors, so we had 11 uh, drum majors in total um, one for uh, one for each rank. And um, we did a pinwheel turn. So that's basically an arc turn hugging uh hugging the corner and then opening up the opening up the block as we make that uh full turn and i remember that was probably the most nervous part of the parade and then once you get get past that turn everything's um, everything's just all perfect straight down the way and that one of the coolest things that i'll always remember is is getting the opportunity to flourish out in front of the of the parade after the tv um after the tv zone and just seeing for literal miles on either side of the sidewalk, there's no hole in that sidewalk. There are people yeah. filling up the entirety yep. yes. of the road. And that was just magical to see and seeing people having a, an amazing time and all joining together as a, as, a, as a big community. I mean, like that's 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 what we do this for, right? I mean, it's absolutely outstanding. Stephanie, how was it? Uh, how was it for you? It was really great. I have never been to the Rose Parade um, in person. But it is a parade that even as a little girl, I don't know if I've missed one in years and years. It it is just a must see. Uh, My mom (laughs) is the person that has a green thumb. She, her, her, her backyard looks like it's out of a magazine. She's the person that can come to my house and bring all the dead plants back to life. So (laughs) even as as a little girl, we always watch the Rose Parade and you cannot take in from television how vast these floats are yes it was it's absolutely like you really have to see it in person uh it's just beautiful and the like you said the amount of detail is is just i'm speechless and i never am (laughs) (laughs) there are not enough adjectives to describe how beautiful and intricate these floats are um from a band perspective as you all were talking about with westchester and that type thing i came back with my note um thing in my phone 
filled with all of these things that I, I ran straight to my band director and said, <laughs> we have to do the Rose Parade. And here are all the things we're going to do. <laughs> it was like one <laughs> little cool thing that each band did that I was like, well, this is genius. Why are we not, you know, using banners down the field? Why are we not doing, you know, kind of rolling props, that type of thing? Um, but just the variety of the bands it didn't matter you know even if you're not a float person if you're a band person just seeing the variety of the international units versus you know the units from the midwest and the west coast units versus the east coast units just there was no way that you could sit there and not be entertained absolutely it was it was super exciting and i have to say so we because we bought our seats, you know, a year ahead, we were able to sit pretty high, almost mm-hmm. to the top of the, the grandstands, which was great because then you get this great view down the street. And it was funny, you know, last year I interviewed Jack um, for on a water break and we had a great, great conversation mm-hmm. about flourishing and about what he does and, and West Coast drum majoring and, and mass bands, mass pipe bands. And when I saw his band come around the corner, but this was before Westchester, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Jack's in that band. I know he's in that band. Jack's got to be in that band because why? I mean, <laughs> how many other pipe bands are going to be in the Rose Parade? You know, he's right. on the West Coast. It's got to be him, right? And I got so excited. And now today I get to chat with him about it and tell him how great it was. And it was really, I think for, for those of us that are, are not well versed in pipe bands, maybe they might have a preconceived notion about what a bagpipe might sound like. Mm-hmm. But when they, <laughs> but when you hear it coming coming down the street, it was so much more than just the drone that you're, you're used to hearing that, that under drone, there's so much more, it's so beautiful. And mm-hmm. the, and the colors of all the uniforms and the, the pageantry of it and the flourishing that the drum majors are doing, it was just, it was goosebump worthy. It really was. And Jack, I loved not, it. Yes. Right. I, do, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying that just cause you're on the call. It like it, this, <laughs> on this episode, it was so good to see that. And that added to that whole different dimension of styles and things, you know, and the Costa Rica band, Holy crap. They were dancing. They literally they were salsa were. dancing as they were marching. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I can't just dance in place in a ballroom, let alone six and a half miles worth of dancing down Colorado Boulevard to Pasadena yes. on New Year's Day. So yeah. bravo. I, I would definitely agree. So I'm I'm very happy that we weren't dancing for the six and a half hours. I did not know how the, I did, I did not how, how the Japan band and then the Costa Rica band yes. did it. They are they are they are champions for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, no, uh, it was just it was such a perfect day to be to have a parade. I mean, I was kind of worried about the weather because in Banfest, so it worked out for Banfest too. I don't know, did you guys go to Banfest? Uh, I the, wasn't yes. there. I, I did. Yeah, we saw Westchester do Banfest too. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so um, Banfest, if uh, if you get if our listeners don't understand, um, it's basically a sort of a display before the um, before the actual parade. It's two days before the parade, and it's basically like a miniature field show, a miniature field display. And so um, just to sort of give you guys a layout, since we were an international group and we were pulling from around the Commonwealth uh, performers, we had only a a total of seven hours to get everything together and perform it. So we were working nonstop to make sure that we were the best that we were that we were the best that we could be and i have to say i am so proud of the um piper units as well as uh, my fellow drum majors to see um that's crazy to see on a time crunch us basically uh learn formations learn a flourishing routine 
learn, um, I forgot, I think it was three or four sets of new music and, and integrate it together. That's, that's all moving, right? So it was, it was a a chore and a half, but I, I really have to thank our senior drum major, Kevin Conquest and pipe major, Joel Daniels for really making sure that that platform for success was there for, um, all of us to really just hit the ground running and go. And everyone, everyone really put their all into those practices. And, um, I had the opportunity to head the flourishing section of the, uh, of the of the Rose Parade uh, display for Bandfest, so that was an honor to be able to work with drum majors from around the globe and and join together in a single uh, performance. If you uh, go look it up, um, there's some videos from Bandfest. Uh, I highly suggest it if uh, you guys are wondering what the flourishing art form is about. It's more of just this was more of a fun display, but it's also just interesting to just look at it uh, from a from a fresh perspective. And the Bandfest. Uh, the Bandfest performance of the Mass Pipes and Drums is really an awesome um, set. We actually uh, formed a thistle, the Scottish thistle, for our uh, for our march. Wow. So we basically went from ranks and files into a Scottish thistle for half of the um, for half the show. So that was a uh, that was really difficult to work it out, but we wow. got it long and we nailed it. We ha- we had our we peaked our performance on our Bandfest performance. That's fantastic. And and Bandfest for for the other bands that don't like your band. Yeah, obviously your band gets together just for this performance. Like it's mm-hmm. not like you guys. Pre- practice together all the time. The Hawaii band was also an honors band. They had never played together until they got to California. So That's they crazy. were kids from all over the state that came together and their first performance was at Bandfest together. Like that was it. That was the first wow, time they I did it. I didn't realize that either. I didn't yeah. know that part. Wow. The Hawaii, that was the Hawaii band, but like the other bands like um um like Westchester and and a couple of the highest, the William Mason from Ohio mm-hmm. and the Indiana bands. When they came to Bandfest, they just did their halftime show, which is what right. they had been practicing all fall. So for them, it was kind of like their their swan song. It was their last right. performance of their halftime show for the year was at Bandfest. Right. And they have to break Bandfest into three different sections because there's so many bands. So some do like the, the afternoon of the 29th, and then there's the morning of the 30th and the afternoon of oh, the wow. 30th. So like they literally have three different Basically, it's like a, for those on the East Coast, like a, a cavalcade or a band a BOA competition. It's that mm-hmm. style where they come on and they perform their halftime show. And then they give you a preview of what they're going to do in the parade. They do a, a, a track march. They get into their parade block. And then that's how they exit the stadium at Pasadena City College. And they do this every year. And that's why Tournament of Roses is so much bigger than even just just uh, mm-hmm. millions of people watching you on New Year's Day. It's <laughs> actually... It's a week of events, you know, it's a week of being in Pasadena and and experiencing it. It's, it was wonderful. And this year there was a a break in the parade. Jack, I'm I'm sure you noticed when you had to pause, Mm -hmm. did you notice stop for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Why? Uh, Was there a protest if I remember correctly? In Pasadena that were trying to take advantage of the stage. And so there was, yeah, so there was this pause in the middle oh of the parade, gosh. and there was an announcer that came on and said, "The parade will continue in approximately five minutes. Please stay tuned." You know, and oh, we, I so didn't we know that. Wow. Yes, yeah, so was- my husband and I, we were like, "Oh, a float must have broken down." <laughs> no, 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 those marshals were getting some some ne'er do wells out of the way Dude. so we could keep up on our parade. So yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy. Um, everyone doesn't, unfortunately. Not everybody gets to watch each other in the parade, which I think yeah. is probably the only drawback if you're in the parade. You don't get to mm-hmm. see yeah. either the parade until afterwards. Maybe if you've like um, maybe recorded Actually. it 
or KTLA is the mm-hmm. has a has what they call Bandcam, and it's their the California uh, affiliate that broadcasts the parade. So I always tell people skip the major networks on New Year's Day, stream KTLA right. Bandcam. Um, if you want to hear all bands and no chatter, that's the best way to watch the parade, <laughs> is what I yeah. tell people. I'm sure the advertisers would hate me for that, but I'm telling you, <laughs> you know, as a band fan, because that's what this podcast is about. KTLA every year they just do band cam and so you get much more footage of each of each band in different angles and and everything so that's that's super cool too but um it was an extraordinary and the weather was spectacular yeah it was cold when we first got there but the sun comes up over the mountains and and warms that parade right up and it was a lovely day for a parade not gonna lie it was beautiful it was yeah and I, I do have to say in that morning wearing a kilt um in that, <laughs> oh, that, morning, no. that morning temperature i mean it is something uh that uh, was an interesting experience to say the least, but once that uh, once that take over uh over the pasadena skyline um i mean it was a beautiful day it was i'm so fortunate for my first time to march that parade for it to be a nice beautiful straight it shot it was day right so- Stephanie, like what, what yes. brought you to the parade? I mean, you, you said you were a fan, but what, what got you there? What kids so, were in there? Um, both of my kids march in the band at University of Alabama. <gasps> and so. That's okay. amazing. Yes. And so. That's awesome. Um, we, it was just an opportunity. They, they marched drum corps, but they marched two different drum corps. And so really college band is our only time as parents to get to see them perform together. And we went, we went back and forth a thousand times about, do we go? Do we not? Do we go? Do we not? And so finally, two days before, 48 hours before we said, you know what? We have airline miles. We have hotel miles. We're going to go. Good for you. We did some fast research on (laughs) stand tickets and um, Amazon ordering our seat cushions (laughs) to get here before we left. I'm telling you, um, it's crazy. (laughs) Now, we did not, the the cheapest ticket into to watch the football game was like $1,200 a piece. Mm -hmm. So we were like, eh, we, we can't do the game. But we did, we flew in actually the day of BandFest. And so we missed that. But the, the very day we landed, which I guess was the 30th, um, University of Alabama did a pep rally in Disneyland with the band, the guard, the cheerleaders were there. And so the band got to spend the majority of the day in Disneyland, which I thought was really cool. And so did they. Um, so we went to the pep rally and then, um, then we went to the parade and had great grandstand seats. After you make the turn, you kind of go down a hill and we were at the bottom of that hill. Um, in a, a section of grandstands that were really low, there were maybe six or seven rows high. And so we had great seats. But um, so we did that. And then we went to Float Fest after the parade. Did you? We did. Ugh. And so if you don't want know what Float Fest is, which I did not previously, it is where they take all the floats and park them after the parade. And you can literally get so close that you can touch these floats. So you really get to see really firsthand and they have volunteers that are there. And so you can ask questions and they'll tell you different things. So we did float fest as well. But, um, but I, I was brought to the parade um, by my kids. Um, But I was going to tell a story based on something you all were saying is we, um, 
and I'm sure I'll get judgment on this, but we have Life 360 on our kids. <laughs> and I'm not, <laughs> oh. not driving them around college. I'm, I'm not. I'm not that helicopter of a mom. But they are at college 15 hours from home, and they're driving to indoor practice. My son drives four hours each way. Uh, for his indoor percussion group and so for me it's just peace of mind when they're on the road that like I can see they got there I can see their back anyway that's not this podcast but um, (laughs) we can figure out where they were lined up prior to the parade starting so it was fun to walk through because we we have several friends that are in different bands and so we wanted to be able to say hello Um, and it was so funny because they had warming blankets for these kids and those poor kids from Hawaii it, it was a chilly morning yeah but it was. It, and it got warmer like as the sun yep. came up but you know we were there at like 5 30 we were parked and those poor kids from Hawaii in those warming blankets <laughs> I felt well, they, so sorry they, for them they had their skimpy little uniforms too they did they did and those my daughter's in the guard at Alabama and they have those little sequin dresses they're just cute as a button oh, so southern um very they're adorable she, I thought about them too though I was like that that can't be warm no and I have I have the sweetest little pictures of you know the brother sister pictures and my daughter and like her lips are blue she's frozen <laughs> I was like well when you start marching that five and a half miles you're gonna warm right up You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, I can agree that we definitely, uh, the Scottish drum majors definitely bit the bullet on that when we saw those blankets being passed out and uh, we we took a hard pass on those. So. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, you stoic Scottish marching kilt <laughs> wearing guys. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, it's wild to think. And, and what time in the morning do you guys have to line up? What time did you have to line up, Jack? It was like, oh gosh. So we got up at like, we had to get up at like three and then we were on a bus and then I'd say around like four, four thirty ish, four thirty, five o'clock. Yeah, they have it dialed in pretty good at, at Tournament of Roses too, like in terms of if you're in a if you're in a performing unit, how far your how far in your bus can get versus if you are if you've got buses for a group like what I had that's just in attendance to watch. And you know, then your buses can only get so far and they park yeah, a certain right. distance away and you have times that you're allowed to get there. And they tell like groups like us that we had to be parked by 630 in the morning and parade starts at eight. You have to be in your seats by eight, but you have to walk about 10 minutes from where the buses drop you off to where your seats are. But the bands that are participating have to be there even earlier. Like, And we stayed down closer to L.A. So we left the hotel at 430 in the morning. Which, you know, when you're mm-hmm. not marching in the parade, trying to convince those moms and dads and brothers and sisters <laughs> that that's an okay, that, early, that you yeah. have to do that early. Yeah. They were bleary eyed, but I said, just sleep on the bus until we get there. They'll be fine. Yeah. They'll be fine. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a lot, it can be a long day. It's been a while, but these like these stories are making me nostalgic and reminiscing i've it's been a while since i've been to the rose parade so i'm kind of like actually i think it's been over 10 years now i went to the 2013 rose tournament of roses parade so yeah super nostalgic for that (laughs) but let's go ahead and wrap it up and take it back out on the field then we'll be right back for the news Hey everyone, I'm Lexi Duda, and I'm the host of On a Water Break in Ryan Stones. I've grown up a competitive baton twirler, winning numerous world titles, and now I'm a coach. I want to bring to you stories from twirlers from all over, 
So grab a water break, listen in, because you won't want to miss some of these incredible experiences these trailers have had. All of this coming up and more on On a Water Break in Rhinestones. Come on over here and grab some grass to have a seat. It is time for the news. All right, I am going to start it off today because I'm so, so, so excited about this. I just found out about it. I don't know how. This was released back in July of last year. So, like, <laughs> this is old news, but... I just found out the Sky Riders are coming back. They are Woo! bringing Mark McMahon to Kansas. Uh, I'm so excited. This Ooh. is like, it's not very far from where I live. I say not very far. It's like six hours, but I live in the Midwest. So that's like, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's close. <laughs> um, but yeah, th so this drum corps is one that has been around since like 1952. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and they... They were around for 35 years. They're in Hutchinson, Kansas, which is like the middle of nowhere. It's a very small town. And uh, they, so small, they decided to relocate to DeSoto, Texas for a little while. Uh, but they folded in 1994. And then while I was marching at Blue Stars, the Skywriters Alumni Association actually started a scholarship program for people who marched Blue Stars. Um, wow. I've I, like, I've never been a recipient to the scholarship or anything like that, but I just thought it was amazing that they did this scholarship program, you know, and being a blue star alumni myself. And also, like I said, the Skywriters being so close to home, it's literally was probably the second closest drum corps to my physical location. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited that they're coming back and they're going to be bringing people and, and, and having a drum corps again like we're coming back to kansas um and i actually i'm literally just today was talking to someone about having a spintronics color guard clinic out in hutchinson kansas next summer so uh you know synergy a lot of stuff to look out for over in kansas who knew who knew kansas <laughs> was going to be the future hotbed of drum corps that's, and guard right? that's where that's where it's at hutchinson kansas <laughs> Well, our, I think our listeners, our listenership must just expand it now. Now we've got Kansas covered. That's, That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Stephanie, do you want to go ahead and do your story next? Sure. So today, Music for All released their 2024 award recipients for advocacy and action. And this is where they break down. It's actually in several categories. It's really interesting, but I want to part. I want to point out a couple of things that, especially if you are um, a staff member, if you are a parent and your booster and you're listening to this, um, that I just want you to take note of. So they have community involvement, decision maker engagement, elementary excellence, um, but there are some key categories that I want you to look at maybe a different way. One of them is innovative fundraising, and then it lists the award recipients. They actually have four. Uh, there was the Canstock Music Festival, Golden Regiments, Fire Superstore, um, a golf tournament, and then a fa 
a painted fiddle project, you can actually look into these and you may be able to find a fundraiser that will work for your organization, no matter what it is. Look at what these other people are doing. You don't have to reinvent the wheel because you know these are tried and true if they won the award. And then the other one is um, they also have a category for marketing and promotion. So if you need to get the word out about your group, take a look at what these people did. And then the parent and booster support, there were three volunteers or not three volunteers there were three awards for that and student recruitment and engagement I always take a look at these and then you're not stealing people's ideas you're just taking what they've done and it works and adapt it to your program so that came out today take a look at that there's some really really cool things on this list all right i'm here uh this week to bring one of the more memeable moments in the marching band world so uh let's let's take ourselves to texas southern university where we found a little clip uh this week where we have an amazing tuba player just laying down the beat with the rest of the low brass section and there's this heckler who's just harassing this guy while he's performing so in response to being majorly harassed this tuba player turns stops for two measures and i i kid you not in those two measures in those two measures throws two punches that clears this guy halfway across the stands <laughs> oh and he just God. picks up and keeps on going like the champs that he is so remember guys if you're gonna mess with the low brass section just know what might be the outcome all right guys <laughs> you better be ready to know take what, one know what you're risking it's so, it's so funny it's so 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 funny Oh my God, Jack. I don't even know how to follow that. But um, yeah, so <laughs> so I want to make sure everybody knows about something called Drumline Live. Um, it's an international tour that's literally going around the multi-countries multi uh, based on HBCU marching band tradition. And they've got rhythm and bold beats and ear-grabbing energy. And it's a stage show that you can attend. So you want to hit the uh, website drumlinelive.com and they've got tickets. They've got shows coming up um, this month. They've got stuff coming up in Baltimore and Greenville and Wilkesboro, North Carolina and Florida, Montana. They're going to Billings, Montana in February, bringing HBCU beats. So Drumline Live, check out their website. They've got some really cool shows coming up and I think you would be uh, sad if you missed it. That's going to be super fun oh my gosh right I love when montana gets involved i don't know what i love about montana because i've never like i've only ever ridden a train across it before but yeah i, I think i've only flown over it <laughs> well i have a really inspirational story this is actually a follow-up story to one we did back in april of 2023 uh so there was a student in north kansas city named ralph yarl he had been shot after mistakenly going to the wrong house we kind of just sort of uh touched on this before informed about it um we didn't have tons and tons of information but i will say he he was shot he was injured and he has recovered and he was just named to the missouri all-state band Woo. yes that is yeah. so heartwarming well deserved it is it I'm so, I'm so, so glad. Um, he's a clarinet player, which there's a lot of clarinet players. So he had some tough competition for this. And uh, he was the second chair bass clarinet. And he's going to play at the MMEA annual conference in, well, this month. He's coming up here soon at the, at the, uh, the conference here in January. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not biased as a <clears throat> clarinet player that did district band on 
<clears throat> bass clarinet. But uh, I will say that I think it's remarkable, you know, that he was able to overcome such a such a tragedy and and yeah. flourish. What a great what a great story. And well, music I, as a, as a healing remedy as well too. You know, being able to bring, being able to come back to music after that experience really um really just sort of shows us that you know music can heal all as well too, which is awesome. Absolutely, yes. You are so right, Jack. Absolutely, definitely. Well, Beth, do you want to wrap up with the last story for today? Yeah, and although some people might might say the mummers should never be last when we talk about anything that has to do parades, but welcome to southeastern <laughs> Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Yes, the Tournament of Roses Parade happens on New Year's Day, but so does the Mummers Parade in Philadelphia. And I'm just going to give you a couple of the uh, the results from this year's parade. We did a huge um, episode on this last year, so go back into our archive and subscribe and find this one because there was some really cool information there. But there's different divisions of different types of bands. There's string bands, there's fancy brigades. But this year in the string band division... Uh, the top five in fifth place was Avalon. In fourth place was Woodland. Third place was Freilinger. Second place was Quaker City. And in first place, the South Philadelphia um, String Band. Uh, the, the String Band captain that won was Cade Rad- Radcliffe from Uptown. In the Fancy Brigade division, in fifth was the Downtowners. In fourth was the Spartans. Uh, third was Saturnalian. Second was Shooting Stars, and the Fancy Brigade winners this year were the South Valley Vikings, and the best Fancy Brigade captain was Thomas Doherty from Saturnalian. Uh, the Wench Brigade, yes, it's called the Wench Brigade. Uh, there was fifth place was Bryson, fourth place was Oregon, third place O'Malley, two Kara Leom, and then first place American. Um, Westside Shipping won the Comic Division, and there's so many more people that that and that are committed to this whole project. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to our producer, Jeremy, who was super involved with, uh, with the, with the greater Kensington string band. And um, he does, he might be frustrated with their results this year, but uh, as, as we all know, it's never, it's never always a clean, a clean system when you've got judges and people involved, but anyway, uh, but they represented and, and, and did a stunning performance. And if you get a chance to, to YouTube, any of those performances from any of the string bands, I would highly encourage you to do so. There's in the same way that there's so much work that goes into those tournament of roses floats, the, the detail into these parade costumes for the mummers is extraordinary as well. And these people commit an entire year of their lives to designing the next year. They're already working on next year's show. Um, even before this year's was was launched, you know, before they even march on January first, they're already thinking about the next one. So yeah, I feel that's like how things roll in the marching arts. <laughs> All right, yeah, it never stops. It never stops. <laughs> Thank you so much for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you to our hosts Stephanie and Beth and Jack. What are your socials? We need to get those down. Yeah, um, so I'm on Instagram. You just go to Goodrow underscore, so G-O-U-D-R-E-A-U underscore. Um, I'm also on Facebook as well, too. So just look up the name Jack Goodrow, G-O-U-D-R-E-A-U. I am going to go follow you. I would also like to give a shout out to our followers who have been listening to us live over on our Instagram Ooh. as we record today. Elise Breen Ooh. and The Calendar Fundraiser. So thank you guys for listening in and leaving comments. And uh, yeah, come listen to us whenever we're live because we're at On a Water Break and it's pretty cool. Uh, Go subscribe, write us a review and share this with a friend. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media at On a Water Break and we'll see you at the next rehearsal on a water break. Go practice.
On a Water Break podcast was produced by Jeremy Williams and Christine Reed. The intro and outro music was produced by Josh Lida. To learn more, visit lidamusic.com. And until next time, thanks for tuning in.